Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Everybody, welcome to episode 202 of the Bone Bass Show. This is Steve, and this is Gord. How's it going, man? Steve, it's going. It's I'm a little frantic tonight. I was so excited about our podcast, and I was hungry. I didn't want to have a blood sugar crash like a certain episode, so I <laughs> I, I decided to quickly cook some food. But I was so excited about podcasting, I was hurrying, and I burned my finger because I wasn't paying attention. And then I burned my food because I wasn't paying attention. And then I quickly ate it and I burned my mouth. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. I, I'm not paying attention tonight. I'm just I'm just so excited. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned because it's actually not the Frantics, another Northwest garage <laughs> band who is our musical guest. No, no. It is from Seattle. The Destroyers are our musical guest tonight. 
So I heard first heard about these guys a couple of years ago. They played, I think they played, if I've got my story straight, they played on a tiki cruise. And uh, Julie and I were not able to attend that. And I sort of liked them on Facebook at the time. I'm like, oh, sweet, a surf band, you know, tiki theme, whatever. And uh, then a couple of weeks ago, they started posting that their new album, 10,000 Ways to Die, is coming out on Friday the 13th, May 13th. And so I'm like, oh, shit, I, I remember these guys. I've got to check them out. And so I started listening to them. And uh, the next Bandcamp Friday, I just went in and bought all their shit. Because, like, they're totally fun, just really great guitar playing. A number of the tunes have a little bit of a spooky vibe, which I love. And uh, reached out to them, and they were kind enough to allow us to play their music on the show. Not only that, uh, they're going to join us for an interview in a little bit. Right on. Yeah, I first heard of these guys because I was listening to Man or Astro Man on Spotify. Ah, like you do. Like you do. And it was one of those, hey, if you like this, you like that kind of thing. I can't remember if it was Man or Astro Man's channel or what, but it was, I I clicked on over and I was like, yeah, that's pretty badass stuff right there. And, you know, Man or Astro Man, we played their music before, but they were too busy being off in outer space to actually appear on the show. So All this right. is a step up from that, Absolutely. Folks. So we, we very much appreciate having this opportunity, and I look forward to chatting with the guys. Yeah. But before we get to that... Yeah, let's let's we, let's we talk some stuff. We've got a film festival coming up, Gord. I, so I understand. Right, once again. I'm so glad this is a real thing and not just some fever dream I had because I had a concussion. No, this is a real thing that's happening. Saturday, May 7th, 2022 at SIF Cinema Uptown in Seattle at 1 p.m. The 11th, count them, Bonebat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival will take place once again. Uh, the Pine Box Boys joining us once more from San Francisco with their own unique blend of bluegrass, show tunes, death. They get more unique every time. Ballads, it seems like they're getting ballads. more horns involved. As time goes on, at least when I most recently saw them, they, they seem to be a little bit hornier than when we last saw them. <laughs> so looking forward to that, looking forward to the 38 shorts from around the world that we're Jesus. going to be playing and the two, count them, comedy horror features that we have for your viewing enjoyment. We're going to announce all of those films by name in the middle of the show, so How else would we announce them? Right. By color? No, but, you know, we're going to say the title. We're going to say who directed it. We're going to say the production company. We're going to say what country it comes from. This episode is going to be resplendent with useful information for your viewing pleasure. Because nothing's better than listening to two guys read lists. Yes, that's a lot of fun. Uh, tickets now available via the Square Bone Bat page. So you can find that at bonebat.com. Get your tickets today. We still have plenty left. And we'd like to see you at the Film Fest. We have plenty, but you know what happened last time we had a film festival? <laughs> we had plenty, and then we sold out. Right. So... Do with that information as you will. Don't just sit around thinking, oh, Steve said they have plenty. I got all the time in the world. You do not. You better buy your ticket. Yeah, we sold a lot of tickets over the weekend, and I was like... We sold today! We're not even advertising! I was like, wait, 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 what's driving this? That's awesome. People are already getting a little bit of that bone bat buzz. (laughs) 
a bone bad buzz, people. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like something oh, Congress should convene. Don't act like, like you haven't had one before. Oh, I've had a bone bad buzz before, yeah. I just didn't name it on the air. <laughs> All right, so uh, that kind of brings us up to speed. Uh, so before we get back to a little more music, Gord, why don't we Steve? do what we normally do around this time? What pisses you off, man? Steve, you know what pisses me off? What's that, Gord? My house is trying to murder me. <laughs> I've heard this. Yeah. I mean, it's, I it don't know. It doesn't like you. It doesn't so like you me at all. smell. I don't know. Yeah, I smell like burned leg hair from the last time we had a podcast and I talked about what happened. No, this time, I was very peacefully minding my own business and my wife goes, Gordon, you got to come upstairs and smell this, which in itself made me pause. <laughs> Not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going with this? Because we've also had kids, which is, you know, <laughs> when when the one spouse tells the other one to smell it and it's anyway, so I go upstairs and in what was one of my children's room and is now an office, it smells like an electrical fire. If you know what that smells like, that's what the whole room smells like. Looking around the room, I see nothing on fire, but there's so this it one like out. burning conduit? Is that yeah, it smells saying? like burning plat. There's a which, specific smell an electrical fire is, has. So it smells like Little Debbie Cakes. It smells a lot like Little Debbie Cakes, yes. From Southern Culture on the Skids. Okay, I know exactly, now I've got the picture in my head. Yeah. I know exactly what the room smells like. Uh, long story short, one of the outlets was in the process of just arcing and melting down. I turned the power off, I took the whole thing apart. Sure enough, it's just scorched wires and molten plastic in there. It, it The thing was so hot, I could feel the heat coming off it as I got near the outlet. Holy shit, have we not been home? Boo! That would have been a problem. And the worst part is, I still don't exactly know why. Why this happened. So now I'm trying to put together this long, elaborate mystery that's full of all these dead ends and red herrings of what's actually... Every burned out light, every electrical thing that may be a little dodgy is now wrapped up in this great big mystery of why... Is my house trying to kill me? <laughs> Jeez, dude. It gets, to make it even more complicated, I bought an uninterrupted power supply, you know, battery backup thing to keep your stuff running for if the power goes out. Mm -hmm. But I'd never installed it, really. I, and I finally, just before this happened, I plugged it in and, and it wasn't charging. And I'm like, oh my God, it's all, and I plugged it in on the same line that this erupting plug was on i'm like oh my is this was this part of it i can't i don't know it turns out that's just freaking defective like that piece of equipment had nothing to do with it i just plugged it in and it didn't work because i bought it on amazon and amazon sold me crap and then i called amazon and said hey i bought this crap can i get my money back or get the crap replaced and they said certainly gordon we'd be happy to do that for you we'll send you an email and it will have the code you're supposed to stick on it to send it back. And do you know what Amazon did? No. No. What did they do? I don't you know. You don't know, Steve. I have no idea. They didn't do that. <laughs> what they did was, instead, they sent me an email saying, how would you rate our customer service? <laughs> like, well, your customer service sucks. I, You know, the guy that I talked to, he was nice. He was knowledgeable. He treated me respectfully. He didn't do his fucking job. 
because I still don't got an email where I could send this crap back that's a red herring that's part of the mystery of why my house is trying to kill me. And that's Steve. That pisses me off. I can understand why. Holy shit. That's so yeah. annoying. Yeah. Last time I lost all my leg hair. This time I almost lost my entire house. I don't know what's next. Probably a city. The city I live in. Yeah. Well, the nuclear meltdown. We don't even have a nuclear power plant, but we'll have that. Like if there weren't enough fires in California. Right? I have to have a hyper-local one? (laughs) (laughs) How snobby is that? Oh, I only have a hyper-local. That seems like a first-world problem. Some people are cold in the world. (laughs) Not me. I got a fire in every electrical outlet. Steve, what pisses you off, my friend? Hey, you know know what pisses me off? Gordon, I think you, you know... I'm a big fan of music. I really enjoy listening to music. I like You're music. You're big everything. I usually yeah. have a music in my head most of the time. I'm humming mm-hmm. something or thinking something or I have something in my head. You're a hummer. And so for Christmas, a good friend of mine gave me a year subscription to fucking Spotify. <laughs> and I already had like the Spotify app on my phone. I don't know. I downloaded it at some point, but it was like the free version. And so now I was gifted this year supply of Spotify. And so I tried to add the subscription to my already existing account. But for some reason, that doesn't seem to work. So if I want to listen to music on Spotify, I key up my app. I go in there. I try to listen to Dismember. Oh, you can't do that. Do you want to upgrade to the Supreme version? Well, I think that's what I got from my friend. Yeah. So then it wasn't I, a year supply. I log out and then I like I can log into the browser version of Spotify to get to the stuff, but it doesn't connect to the app. So oh. it's a total fucking pain in the ass, and I don't know why my dickhead friend gave me this. That sucks. It does really suck. And it pisses that, me off. That would piss me off. Yeah. So what's the deal with that? You're the Spotify guy. I mean, I appreciate I I, the thought, but Jesus fuck, why doesn't this software work? I didn't get Spotify until someone gave me a free subscription, so I didn't have a old version to fight with a new version. Hmm. I just I started from scratch with the spots. So you, the fact that you've got two conflicting versions going on, I don't know what to do with that. You yeah, probably need to either. burn your computer. It's a pain in the ass. Just plug it in but, at my house. You know what, though? Spotify is not the only thing that pisses me off. iTunes has pissed me off for many, many fucking years. <laughs> yeah. But now it's doing a new fresh version of bullshit where I have like a certain drive mapped where I keep my music, right? So yeah. if my computer dies, I've got this other hard drive, a solid state drive that is chock full of music, and I can just pull it out, put it in the new computer, whatever happens. Yeah. But... Lately, for some reason, iTunes wants to reinstall a music folder on my C drive. And so every time I go in to like upload, I go to the store, buy a new CD, come home, put it in. I want to upload it. It's wanting to save it to the C drive and I have to remap it every single fucking session to no, save it to the E drive. That's where I want it. Nobody uses their C drive anymore, Apple. If I reboot, though, the computer... It, go, yeah. it goes back every time. Oh, Jesus. So it's super fucking annoying. So it's not you know, just Spotify, in fairness, is pissing me off. iTunes also pissing me off. I, You know, the day we stopped listening to CDs, I think, was a mistake, frankly. Uh, you might be right. It, same kind of thing is going on with me with uh, Instagram, which I, I fought getting on for the longest time. I did it, and then 
for, I don't know, the last two weeks, it doesn't work on my phone. Oh, I get the, your feed cannot be refreshed. Can't refresh your feed right now. And I got, ah, oh, damn it. So I do all the troubleshooting stuff. And maybe one out of every 20 times I'm able to make it refresh. And it, but then it, within minutes, oh, try to refresh your feed. Can't refresh it. The way I use Instagram now, if I want to post a cartoon, is I literally uninstall it from my phone, reinstall it on my phone. I get that one shot at using it, and then it all goes to shit again. Jesus. That's really weird because on my Instagram, the Mighty Wombat feed is posting the very worst Wombat cartoons from throughout history. It's <laughs> so weird. It's just like it's every single day. It's incessant, just the... The very worst, like the ones where you couldn't draw yet. I don't know. Somebody's fucking with you, I think. <laughs> First of all, I've never been able to draw. <laughs> and second of all, the worst Mighty Wombat cartoon is better than the best Garfield cartoon any day of the week. <laughs> well, and that's why I don't follow Jim Davis on Instagram. <laughs> the fact that you even know his name disturbing to me is that his name yeah i used to work in a bookstore so we sold a million of those things <laughs> oh yeah the old i used to have knowledge trick yeah 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 <laughs> i'm sorry i called you dickhead that was uncalled for i feel no, bad i think now. that was legit was, yeah I, I don't like spotify but you're a nice guy <laughs> i apologize you could, you could call me dickhead <laughs> well let's listen to a tune okay all right uh this is the lead cut off of 2017's album from the Destroyers, Diabolical. It's called Time to Kill.
right, once again, that was Time to Kill from 2017's Diabolical from the Destroyers. And now joining us on the show is Lucas, Dre, and Todd of the Destroyers. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Thanks you for bet. coming on the show. Uh, I got to say, uh, I've been really enjoying your music and uh, really looking forward to the new album coming out on May 13th. Oh, thanks very much. Tell us about where you came from. What's your origin story? And, and why did you name yourself the Dell Destroyers, which in English means of the Destroyers? <laughs> I guess I'll take this one. So back in the mid-90s, went to a house party in the U District and um, heard some music. This crowded party and um, I tracked down this turntable somewhere in the house and saw it going around and around. And uh, it was weird stuff you know it was it was the grunge days and this was not grunge music in seattle so hunted it down and um turned out to be a band i'd never heard of and they were called satan's pilgrims All right and on. so i did some research and um realized they were from portland and so that really just kind of kicked off the whole surf thing this was mid 90s for me and so then I uh, got into bands like Manor Astro Man and the Ghastly Ones and Bomboros and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And sure. I got Dre into it and we had played in a grunge band here in Seattle through the 90s and all that. And um, we've been playing together since high school. So after a while, we said, hey, let's get a surf band together. And um, about 2015... We started playing with this bass player that we worked with, this punk rock kid um, named Jimmy. And so we decided, hey, let's just record some tunes. And we put together a little EP and um, we blindly sent it out to the world. And I get a, a text message from a guy I work with. And he's like, hey, I think KXP, uh, <laughs> you know, here in Seattle, I just, I'm listening to Shake the Shack. And I swear the DJ said he was about to play you guys. So... That was just sort of the beginning. I was like, you know, no way. And yeah, there it was, our, our lowly little EP playing on KXP. And, um, so what, what tune were they playing? Is it one off of Here Come the Destroyers? Yeah, they played uh, Welcome to the Hell Hop, or Take Me to the Hell Hop, I'm sorry. Nice. Yeah, Super yeah, Shack so, was such a great show, man. I listen to that all that the show. time. Yeah. Yeah, so Take Me to the Hell Hop was, was playing, and... Um, when we started the band, we just put it together for fun because we liked the style of music, and we really um, never thought we'd play a show or anything. We just thought, hey, it'd be fun to record this little EP, and um, then things just snowballed from there, and yeah, that's, that's how it started. That's awesome. Well, I love the fact that it had like Pacific Northwest surf connection. That's really cool. Where did the horror vibe come from, though? Are all of you horror fans or just one of you? It's funny. I don't actually know where that kind of. I mean, I guess we're all just kind of gravitated towards, you know, sort of gothy stuff. We definitely like a lot of bands like that. Sort Satan's Pilgrims definitely, you know, has that going on, and it's they've always been a big influence for us. But um, it, it's funny because uh, we met Lucas at at a show, and we all just hit it off and just kind of like the same stuff, you know, as far as that goes. Lucas knows more about comics than any of us, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when did Lucas join the band? It was after the first EP? 
So it was right before Diabolical came out in uh, September 2017. Um, so I'm, I'm the third bass player. So um, Scott uh, was the guy who was playing in the band before me yeah, when the Del Destroyers first uh, first started playing shows. And then uh, I met the guys and got to be friends. And when Scott bowed out, he knew that I played bass. And so he actually contacted me directly and was like, hey, I'm leaving the band and the guys are going to be looking for someone new. And I'm, I think you should, you should try to do it. And he, he kind of went out of his way to, to set me up for success, you know, invited me over, ran me through the bass lines, you know, recorded the bass lines from all the songs and just sent them to me to have oh, to listen to his references, yeah. you know, so super cool. really just set me up for success. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And it's, it was, I mean, we hit it off immediately when we were playing, like a full set on the first practice just because we were all so dialed into what we wanted to to do there and and all kind of had the same same idea about this sort of horror surf you know trashy surf band (laughs) i love it that's great (laughs) we all come from like rock backgrounds and uh punk rock backgrounds rock backgrounds and since i was a kid five years old um my room was covered in Kiss, and I've always been um, just drawn to dark music. Yeah. And so grew up, I had three older brothers, and so I was listening to stuff like Black Sabbath and Pink Floyd, you know, The Wall and stuff like this as a kid. And then uh, got into all the metal stuff and the 80s, and so it's always just, you know, been this influence. Bands like Iron Maiden and... You know, Judas Priest, ACDC, stuff like that is the, is the stuff that I grew up on. So playing surf, like immediately the attraction was to the darker, the darker <laughs> sure. bands. Well, not, I, I don't know for you guys, but like my probably first, uh, the first time I ever encountered surf was the Ventures on the theme song for the Batman TV show. Yeah, totally. I loved that shit, you know? And then mm-hmm. later on, I would check out the Ventures and buy more of their stuff. So that was my introduction to surf. And so, Yeah, that so, was yeah. something my dad had in the house. He had records by the Ventures. So that was that was the thing that got played. I, I've like, that's one of those things that I've always just liked the sound of surf music. In our house, I think it was surf music and Neil Diamond. So... <laughs> <laughs> and then it would come back in waves, if you will. Because like... Uh, uh, Dick Dale was on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack with Miserly, right? And so there was yeah. like a little bit of a surf resurgence yep. there. And every time I always appreciated when it would sort of pop up again in the zeitgeist. And then, uh, you know, to have a, a, a horror-themed surf band, that just tickles me. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, for me, me, I think it started with Adam Ant in the 80s. For me, the, like from a guitar standpoint, I feel like it it was totally the, the sort of 80s new wave. Yeah, that was yeah, drawing sure. from the original, you know, Dick Dale stuff. And then, you know, and then totally went through same kind of like metal and prog and punk rock and, you know, different genres. But when it popped back up in the, the early 90s, it kind of I think it resonated with with everybody here. But it was like for us, it wasn't until the later 90s where we were getting into Asherman and, and, mm-hmm. and Pilgrims. Nice. We all love traditional, you know, traditional surf music and old school surf music. But like Dre was saying, you know, the 
when you really look at like the influences and the stuff that that drives us it is that it's like that third wave that we really vibed with and that was the biggest influence on us the manor astroman satan's pilgrims uh ghastly ones that that kind of thing so yeah but you guys don't actually surf i'm guessing i have surfed a few times i grew up skateboarding um well there you you go perfectly acceptable yeah, the skateboarding yeah, I grew count. Up with yeah. all the Powell Peralta stuff and all that in the 80s. And so I grew up skateboarding, and it wasn't until later in life that I actually went out on a surfboard in Hawaii. And uh, so I've, I've surfed a few times, but being from Seattle, it's not something that's, <laughs> that's easy to pursue, like 45-degree water if you, if you drive hours out to the coast and stuff. So... You know, it's similar kind of culture to skateboarding, similar kind of vibe. And as far as like the the ventures go, I remember watching like the Hawaii Five O yeah sure show growing up as a kid, right? Yeah. And if you, you go to YouTube and you watch like the ventures live in Japan in '64, '65, that kind of stuff is gnarly, and it's just so on point and so good. I I periodically go back and watch that kind of like, like once a month I'll go and watch it. Cause it still blows me away how great it is. Yeah. It's, that's just fantastic. So it's funny the way we put the show together oftentimes with music is, uh, I'll put it in a shared drive and Gordon and I will listen to it over the week. And then we'll, at the end of the week, we'll get together and we'll talk about what songs we want to feature. And, uh, the other day, I was driving around and I'm listening to this song, and I'm just like, "Man, Dre is just ripping it up." What is this song? <laughs> I like picked up the cover of the CD and looked at it. It was uh, Tom Head rides again, and of course, Gordon. I go to the show notes, and Gordon had put that song as like the number one song we had to play on the show this week. Tell us a little bit about oh, cool. who is Tom Head. We we have no idea because yeah, I didn't have my glasses on when I looked at it. I wrote Thornhead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me let me tell that story real quick. So when we first started the band, we didn't know anybody in Seattle played surf or anything. Like I said, we just we just did a little EP for fun and whatever. And so we were on the uh, Surf Guitar One Hundred and One website, and they have a um, a little chat room that nobody's ever in. But there was like <laughs> two people in there. So I went in there and uh, I met a couple people. I think it was um, Ferns from from Frankie and the Pool Boys. I think he was one of them, if I remember right. And they, they said, well, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, you know, a guy that plays drums and, you know, starting a surf band kind of thing in Seattle. And they're like, oh, Seattle, do you know a guy named Tom Head? And I was like, no, we don't know anybody. <laughs> and they said, oh, he's like the surf guy in Seattle. you got to track down this Tom Head guy. And so I'm like, what do you mean, like the surf guy in Seattle? There's like people playing surf in Seattle. So we <laughs> sent out our, our bass player at the time, Scott, um, to go track down this Tom Head guy. So he found out that Tom Head hung out in this bar in Seattle called Daryl's. Daryl's, yeah, um, Tavern, of course. Yeah, Daryl's. We love that place. That's like our home away from home. So he tracked him down and he walks up to this guy with like a a sugar skull on the back of his jacket and stuff. And he's like, Hey, are you Tom head? And Tom's like, yeah, I'm Tom head. And, and so Scott's like, Hey, I, I play in this band called the Dell Destroyers. And we made this EP and he hands Tom the EP and Tom says, 
I know everything about you guys. And Scott was just like, what? He had like heard about us and maybe heard us on Shake the Shack or something. And so Tom um, is like a like an old school guy and he puts together surf shows in Seattle. So he invited us to play the first show that we ever played. And he puts on a couple annual like big surf shows with a bunch of bands and um, yeah, he's just uh, like a, an awesome guy. So, patron saint of Seattle surf. <laughs> nice. Totally. Well, that's super cool then that you named this ripping song after him. And man, that solo is just scorching. Well done. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Right on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. We were finishing up tunes for that record and we were getting pretty close. And so we. For some reason, we were playing during the day at Daryl's, and we played that song for the first time. We didn't really even have a name for it. I can't remember what it was called before, or if it had anything, but it was sort of like the new tune. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow, um, I think Tom happened to record us playing it, and uh, and seemed to like it. So we kind of always thought it was it was Tom's tune anyway. Oh, nice. That, that's a great tribute. That's Nobody. cool. Yeah. All right, well, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your new album that's going to be out soon? Yeah, I can do that. Um, so it's called uh, 10,000 Ways to Die. It's uh, 14 uh, all-new original tunes. So we started working on uh, this record in 2019, uh, pretty early on in the year, started writing and recording um, a few of the tunes uh, doing demos uh, then we went on tour uh, that summer did uh, so a bunch of dates on the west coast and the east coast you know and tried out the handful of tunes that we had then and you know in front of audiences sort of intending to to then come back and finish things up through 2020 you know and have the record out you know in uh summer fall 2020 um and then you know as is the case for a lot of people uh, that kind of got derailed uh, when COVID hit. Um, so we, for almost a year, we didn't get together and practice. You know, we're just playing it safe. Um, so you didn't do and, the, the playing out in the cold thing with the masks on. We did that a few times. The, uh... Oh, we did the we did the video thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we yeah we we did one we of did those some, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so eventually, what we started doing was um, writing and recording parts at home. And, you know, sending them back and forth on Dropbox, putting tunes together that way. Um, but we, we really kind of prefer to record live. Um, and so even though we, we kind of developed the tunes over the course of 2020 um, and 2021, you know, it wasn't until in later 2021 with the vaccines and everything that we were able to really get together, get into the studio, you know, and actually get the tracks down and recorded live to finally uh, finish up the record. So it's been a journey, but uh, we're we're really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more of it. The uh, album cover art is insane. Who did your uh, graphics for you? So uh, the cover art is by Tom Lowell. Uh, Tom is a good friend of mine. So I've primarily before this band always just played in punk bands and been mostly involved in the Seattle uh, punk scene. So Tom is someone that I, I met through that. Uh, he's play, He plays drums, uh, has been in, was in a Seattle band called Listen Lady, uh, moved back to the East Coast, um, and now he's in a band called Peachier out there. But he's just a, a fantastic artist. 
and a good friend of mine. He's done, you know, some show posters and stuff for us in mm-hmm. the past. And so when we were kind of um, batting around ideas and about what we wanted the cover to look like and who we might want to do it, we were, you know, in our jam room and, and looking at, at different, you know, things. And there was just this, you know, flyer on the wall that Tom had done for us. And we were like, I, let's ask Tom and see if he can do it. And he'd been kind of, you know, honing his chops doing, you know, album covers and stuff like that for some other other bands. So it was just a really, really good fit and really cool to be able to to work with a friend, you know. And uh, I I said, I think I said this uh, to, to someone a little while ago that um, I love playing music, but I think almost as good uh, of a reason to be in a band is the ability to pay your friends to do cool art for you and have <laughs> a right on. Music. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the other the other thing with the cover too is um, we just wanted to do something kind of outside of the typical surf box, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't think that we're we're not like a lot of other surf bands. We're definitely not a traditional surf band, and we have this kind of hard rock or punk influence and stuff. So for this one we really wanted to kind of get away from a lot of the surf cliches and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's a little bit, a little bit different than what you might see a lot. Can't wait for May 13th. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. We were trying to figure out the, the release date and it just, you know, we're looking at the calendar and it's like, Oh, Friday the 13th, (laughs) Friday the 13th. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah, Friday the 13th works. So, do you have a release party lined up or anything like that? Yeah, we do. We've got a we've got a, a record release show um, at uh, the Kraken uh, in the University District, uh, Seattle's number one pirate-themed punk rock dive bar, uh, <laughs> as they as they uh, have been billed. Um, so we're playing. Um, I believe it's uh, May 28th, a couple weeks after the uh, the record comes out. Uh, with uh, the Zach Static Sect uh, and the Snubs, uh, a couple of great local bands and, and friends of ours. So we're doing a record release party there. Um, so you guys should come out, um, right get a on. record. Yeah, Say I look hi. forward to it. Uh, and then do you have any uh, other touring lined up? Are you guys going to be doing the uh, Tiki Cruise this year? I don't know uh, about the Tiki Cruise. That was fun um, with the Boss Martians. Yeah, uh, we didn't. My wife and I oddly had just purchased a home tiki bar like right around that time, and so oh, nice. missed the cruise. And so that was how I first heard about you guys. Was uh, I saw the cruise after the fact, and I liked you on Facebook. And then uh, more recently, when I saw the new album was coming out, that's when I really dipped into your stuff and uh, started grooving on it. But yeah. To, uh, I was bummed to, to find out that I had missed you on the Tiki Cruise. Yeah, hopefully we can do that again. That was really fun. I don't think I'd ever played on a boat before. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a new experience. And, uh, you know, we love the Lost Martians. Those guys are great. They rule. Just uh, friends of ours. And they, when we started up the band, they were just so great about kind of taking us under their wing and inviting us to play some shows and stuff like that. So I hope it works out again. Um, we played TikiCon down in Portland. What year was that? Maybe 2018 or something? I think it was 2017, like summer 2017. Okay, so right after Diabolical came out then or just before? Yeah. Uh, just before. Okay. 
Yeah, and Lucas is uh, kind of a, a drink-making machine, and uh, Dre's been getting into that a bit, too, so. <laughs> nice. Pretty fun. Fun stuff. We'll, yeah. we'll have to meet for cocktails sometime. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Right on. Back we don't show? surf, but we make a mean cocktail. Hey, That's go. right. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bad Show. What <laughs> pisses you off, gentlemen? That pisses us off. All right, you go first, Lucas. Sure. Um, since, since you know, we're talking about music and this is a music thing, I mean, you know, there are lots of things that, that piss me off, but one of the things that pisses me off is when people only come to a show to see the headliner and they don't show up in time to see the opening bands. And that's not even as a musician, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's always been my case. Like, I, some of the best bands I've ever discovered have been bands I never heard of that opened for a band that I have have heard of. And I think people are just uh, shooting themselves in the foot and, and missing out on a lot of cool stuff by, by only coming out to see headliners at shows. So, Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm an old guy, so I always get everywhere super early anyway. <laughs> you just got to get the <laughs> early bird discount. Yeah, there's, 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 nothing pisses me off more, too. You've been there for like five bands, right? And you've got your, your spot staked out. And then somebody who shows up right at the end thinks they're going to muscle their way to the front of the stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's <laughs> a pain in the ass. That's a good one. <laughs> Oh, I, I guess it's not a competition. It's all right. Yeah. What pisses me off? I think more than anything, songwriting pisses me off. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. No, it's... that's not true. I don't know. It's well, it's it's certainly uh, it's certainly a challenge. Oh, so but, like uh, unlocking nothing... unlocking the, the, the song is the what process. I, I yes, get what the process okay. I find to be kind of kind of rough. You know? Yeah. But um, not really. I mean, nothing pisses me off. I'm, I'm, I'm always chill. <laughs> I guess if I was going to have to say what pisses me off, I guess, well, I talked a little bit about skateboarding earlier, and it pisses me off that I can't skateboard and play drums. You kind of have to choose, because if you injure yourself <laughs> skateboarding, then you can't play drums. Yeah. So I basically had to just resigned to riding the longboard these days and give up the like skate park stuff all that craziness no more half pipe huh? yeah and i mean guys, one your guys one is fall guys and you've got the four like, ligaments cool. so <laughs> yeah i had to give it give up real real skateboarding um, you guys have street point. tread yeah, no, that's, that's legit me. because uh, we have had a band on this show, uh, Warp 11, and they had to have a lineup change way back in the day because one of their members hurt himself mountain biking. You know, you screw up your arm and then you cannot use that arm for, for musical pursuits. And that sucks. Yeah. Well, speaking of surfing, my, my friend K2, who plays, you know, drums in a, a Seattle like punk power pop band called Four Lights. Who we've we've played with before. He broke his neck surfing. No um, shit. He, surfing. He was surfing. Wow. Yeah. He he went over. Uh, the he got thrown forward and went head first, hard enough, far enough down that he impacted oh. and broke his neck. You know, and was in. You know, uh, like I I saw him play drums in a halo. You know, a halo oh, brace uh, at, at a show. So yeah, it's those. <laughs> 
Wow, that is screwed into your skull, too. That uh -huh. is so metal. Yeah, yeah, for him to come back to Grumman while metal. still wearing that, that is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts, though. I want to see pictures of that, Lucas. I'll Did try, he have I'll chimes hanging it. off of the halo? I feel like he could have used this as some sort of... <laughs> missed know, opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely a missed opportunity. Asset. I, I played with a show with a broken arm one time, but that's like a whole nother level. Wow. Yeah, our guitar player uh, slammed his hand in the car door a couple of days before we had a gig. And so he, he couldn't do bends. Yeah, his solos. Uh, oh. It hurt his solos. Yeah. It's awful. And you had that really bad hangnail that time. Remember that? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, where can our listeners find your stuff? You know, we're on the usual social media stuff. You can find us on, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Um, for our music, you know, we sell primarily through uh, Bandcamp, so the thedelstroyers.bandcamp.com. Uh, we also have a record on High Tide Recordings um, that you can you can pick up there. But um, yeah, for the, especially for the new record, delstroyers.bandcamp.com. You know, we've got a YouTube channel. You know, all that all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for uh, taking the time to chat with us on the show. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you. you bet. And uh, yeah, thank you. Why don't you introduce this next tune? So this is the, kind of the single that we've put out from Ten Thousand Ways to Die. Uh, this is going to be available across all streaming services starting on April fifteenth. It's also on Bandcamp, iTunes, everywhere. It's called uh, Zom Zom. All right, check it out, folks. <laughs>
Heights once again. That was Zom Zom from the Dell Destroyers coming from their upcoming release, 10,000 and Ways to Die, which will be out on May 13th, 2022. Do not miss it. You can actually pre-order it, Gord, on Bandcamp right now. Download that cut for your Spotify or iTunes or whatever the fuck, and they'll send you the CD when it's released. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. All right, so do you have any uh, Gord's Weird Stuff this week is what I'm wondering. Yeah. Yes, I do. It's spring, Steve. And pretty soon, kids are going to be watching the Easter Bunny hip hop, hopping down the bunny trail or whatever the Easter Bunny does, searching out eggs. It's a time of joy and love in America's <laughs> shopping malls. So I bring you this story from a shopping mall in St. Clair, Illinois, where a man who works as the Easter Bunny at a St. Clair mall is accused of assaulting a Fairview police officer Thursday night. Police said the man assaulted the officer and then ran through the mall around 7 p.m. When officers caught up with him, they believed that he was a threat and they tased him to make the arrest. The man, whose name was not released, was dressed in a bunny costume earlier in the day. However, sadly, he was not wearing it when they tased him. This sounds like a (laughs) shitty sequel to Donnie Darko. I was <laughs> I was gonna say bad Santa, but yours is better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just picture this guy spending all day working as the Easter Bunny, taking off his costume, and just kind of losing his crap and assaulting a police officer, like <laughs> like you don't. I don't yeah, like that nobody does or shouldn't. Yeah, anyway. Why, yeah. don't do that, people. Don't no, assault people, especially don't assault a police yeah, officer. That's a recipe for a bad day. Yeah, it's a, it's a way to take a bad situation and make it worse every <laughs> single time. Maybe it's driving him crazy that Easter is so late this year. Isn't Easter like super late? Yeah, I it's at Christmas. Like I, I've been eating Cadbury eggs for like six months now. <laughs> what the hell? Steve, those aren't Cadbury <laughs> eggs. Ah! <laughs> That's terrifying. They're just really old eggs. <laughs> no wonder I feel terrible. <laughs> that explains all their new flavors <laughs> and lack of wrappers. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Steve, can I can I share a family story now? Sure. Yeah, so my lovely wife asked me pretty much out of the blue yesterday to cut her hair. This isn't a normal thing. This is uh <laughs> I cut her hair once. It's a like trap. <laughs> Twenty plus years ago. I did a good job. She had long hair back then. And she's like, I want you to just take an inch out the butt. And I did. I cut straight. It all worked. Walked away. Whew. Nah. Hey, I want you to cut my hair. I'm like, okay, whatever you want. I'll do it. And so she goes, I want you to take. And like, she shows me. She's like, I want you to to cut it right about here. I want you to take that much off. And I'm like, God, that's, that's kind of a lot of hair. And so now my heart's beating a little faster. I'm like, ah, this, this seems like a recipe for for disaster here so i show her i'm like look i I put my finger where she was showing me and then i stretched my thumb out to the the end of her hair and i i held my thumb and my middle finger as far apart as i can now for people listening to this podcast you're probably picturing something more than too much because i'm a very tiny man i'm I'm just wondering if you can hear actually hear me cringing right now Right? Yeah, this is happening. So I, I stretch my 
fingers out as far as they'll go. I'm like, you're asking me to cut off this much hair. Tap out, are, man. Don't do it. Don't do <laughs> yeah, it. So, so I pretended to have an epileptic seizure, <laughs> which would have been the smart move. So she's like, yeah, yeah, I want I want that much cut. I'm like, oh, okay. So, so she, her hair's wet, and she, she kind of combs it back, and she gives me this the, the sharp-ass hair-cutting scissors, and I kind of comb her hair down, and, I, and I'm, and I'm, this is, this is the problem, the point where I should have thought twice, because when you're in an uncomfortable situation where you just have to do something involving a blade quickly, it's always best just to do it quick and get it over with, right? <laughs> okay. Not so with a haircut, you know, if you need to uh, say chop off a limb because he got bit by a venomous spider you don't take your time if, if you need to you know do a pine box boy stab thrice type thing you stab thrice quickly so i i did the whole haircut in maybe maybe 10 cuts of the scissors and pretty darn you know i, I did it pretty straight and i look at like eh, this side a little more and so i'm cutting up even a little bit higher a little bit higher and i'm like okay that's straight this is what you asked for. The thing is, her hair is wet, which is a totally different elevation than when it's dry. And it dried. And she's like, oh, my God, you really cut a lot of hair off. Oh, no. <laughs> there's no control Z on scissors. No, there, there's not. There's no undo. Yeah. Yeah. So now now we're in this where she's, she's being super nice about and the whole thing. one side of her hair is cut fucked up. <laughs> And so now you've got to try to figure out how to fuck up the other side so that yeah. at least it's even. No, no. I mean, I did the whole back, but I mean, from like <laughs> from ear to ear across the back. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I keep I keep like side eye looking at her whenever she goes past a mirror or something and she sees herself because luckily it looks cute. Luckily, my wife has a super cute face. So the hair is like just nothing but like a frame for a very a very uh, pretty picture but still it's a woman in her hair and I done fucked it up and I know I fucked it up <laughs> yeah dude uh, you're so much more courageous than I am I, I would have just said no I'm sorry honey I will pay literally any of amount <laughs> little of anything I will pay the professional I will, I will drive sell you, a kidney I will drive you to the haircut the salon whatever place that you need to go to uh, and I will pay for it out of my own money just to not have to do this. So you're infinitely more brave than I am. And what did that get me? No, don't. No. <laughs> come in Discretion here is the better part of balance. Come in here and smell this. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> She's now trying to <laughs> sabotage your home. She's trying. You're shitty with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird yeah. that you didn't put this together before now, <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> I walked out of that room and she's like, hey, you got out of that room? <laughs> oh, that's okay. Here, I made you some tea. <laughs> Does it taste like almonds? It kind of smell like almonds? It's almond tea. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's a burden I'm carrying with me. Just waiting for that shoe to drop. <laughs> Real life comedy horror, Steve. Yeah, that is. Speaking That's of comedy horror, uh, yeah. What do you say? Should we announce some movies now? Steve, we yes. should announce some movies. Let's do it, man. 
All right, so without further ado, here are the shorts for the 2022 Bombat Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. From the United States, Z.O.I., directed by Rich Ragsdale. The Front Door, from the United Kingdom and Vivid Kingdom, Andrew Rudder Films, directed by Andrew Rudder. Seek, from the United States, and Electric Owl Creative, directed by Aaron Morgan. Seek. And then we have Will You, by Kim Douthit, from the United States. The first of our Pacific Northwest films. Uh, following that, we've got Witch from the United States, directed by Anthony Williams. Zombies like to watch. Who doesn't, really? <laughs> from the United States and Stafford RTB Films, directed by Roland Stafford. Neighbors from USA, directed by Isaac Ruth. You may remember him from our 2020 Fest Gord. He was the director of both Trash Ghost and It Crawled In Through the Window. And hashtag no filter, United States Ghost Gang Productions, directed by none other than Nathan Crooker. You know, Nathan Crooker is also a repeat offender. You may recall that uh, Nathan Crooker directed a creepy little number from our 2019 fest called Midnight Delivery. And for our next animated effort, Posted No Hunting from the United States and Odd Frame Films, written and directed by Elisa Stern. And then Maneater, with an exclamation point at the end, from the United States and Clark University, directed by Jack Rooney. I believe this is our very first comedy horror musical gore. That's pretty exciting. That is, because we've had musical entries. We've had, you know, music videos. This is a full-on musical. It's a full-fledged musical. So that is just a fantastic first. 11 years at this, and we're still getting first. About damn time. But this is sloppy seconds for this next one. <laughs> Scary stories to tell by the campfire. The Red Spot from the United States and Shadow Circus Creature Theater. Directed by Dave Hasbaroke. Sasquatch, don't go changing. Don't go changing. And then, One Minute with the Monster. From the United States, Carrie Allen, Oliver Chelsea Productions. Directed by none other than Dennis Callow. Next up, we've got All You Can Eat from the UK. And Flying Eyeball Pictures. Directed by Kieran Reed. You know what? That's got a voiceover by none other than Jello Biafra, Gordon. I know that guy. He was in a band. Next up, The Cookie Crumbles from the United States of America and Jowska Road Productions, directed by Daniel Hickey. Our second Pacific Northwest film. Uh, following that, we have Keith from the UK, directed by Alex Barrow Cayetano. And then my great funeral movie. You know, we were going to show my sub-marginal funeral movie. Decided not to. No, we picked this one. No, it didn't get rated high enough. No. And then my so-so funeral movie. No, we're not going to show that. Fuck we're showing that movie. We're not nah, showing it. Nobody likes that movie. We're going to show my great funeral movie from the United Kingdom, Mental Images and Adam Burnett. Next up, from the director and writer 
of one of our Bone Bat favorites. Hell no, the one, the only, Joe Nicolosi. We have Celebritas Ex Machina from the United States. That is an absolutely bug shit crazy movie, as is the next one. Meat Friend from the United States. Nile Nocturne Productions and none other than long-term friend of the film festival, Izzy Lee. You know, I, I just have to say, Izzy, we've shown a number of her films over the years. She just gets better and better. This one may be my favorite yet. You yes, guys are going to love this one. You'll be quoting this movie. Next up, the death metal steeped land graves from Canada Nord Entertainment directed by Jean-Francois Leblanc. And from Spain and director Jesus Loniego, a wonderful little animated number called S13P15A. And then, welcome to our home from the United States and Echo Band Pictures, directed by Gregory M. Schroeder. It's actually a true story. <laughs> Rip I'm not. I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> Certainly not any in-laws, but true story. Next up, we've got our second installment of the One Minute with a Monster series from the U.S. Carrie Allen and Oliver Chelsea Productions, directed by Dennis Kahlo. And then, for maximum impact, it's the movie Minimally Invasive from New Zealand. Welcome, Kiwis. Flash as Productions. And Zarquan's Fish, directed by Adam Harvey. Next up, Tea Time from United States and Dirigo Entertainment, directed by Tara Price. And the third in a trilogy of films that began our first year. You saw Spider. You saw Bear. Now it's time to see Shark from Australia, obviously. Blue Tongue Films and Nash Edgerton. Following that, for something completely different, we have Hellhole from the United States and Major Video Industries, directed by Gregory Schultz. Then the happy little tale of a little animal, Peter the Penguin, from the UK, Vivid Kingdom, Andrew Rudder Films, and directed by Andrew Rudder. His second entry in this year's Fest Gord, I think we might have a new favorite. Wow. Wow. Next up. From the makers of one of my personal favorites from last year, The Cultist Next Door, we have The Coloring Book Out of Space from U.S. production company Chupacabra Films, directed by Patrick Murphy. And then Under the Lather from France and Capricci Films, directed by Olivier Briand. Following that, we've got Disembodies from the United States, directed by Jason Sheedy. And then our third installment, One Minute with a Monster, Episode 3, from the U.S., Carrie Allen, Oliver Chelsea Productions, and directed by Dennis Callow. You know, I think that's the record. Three films from one director in one year, right? I would say you're incorrect. We had four films from Ooh, one director. from the uh, big... Yeah, it was the, the big, you know, big, big horror, porn, big romance. Big, big Yeah. The big the, series from France. You're from absolutely France. right. Yeah. But uh, Dennis was the director of last year's Lonely Hearts, a huge Bone Bat fave, and it was great to have him come in with uh, three shorts this year. Next up... From the UK and Fear My Films, 
The Dead Collectors, directed by Brendan Cleves. Then from Switzerland, Mr. Pete and the Iron Horse and YK Animation Studio, directed by Killian Willem. Such a cool film. So great. Following that, from the director of last year's Pacific Northwest Viewer's Choice Award winner for OI, Encia Van Heerden, we have Hunter's Cabin from Canada's Sizzle Snap Productions. And it wouldn't be a film festival without some Chris McEnroy, (laughs) right? Right? It would not. Yeah, we've got his new film, Guts, United States. Obviously, Garth Manor, you're going to love it. You've loved death metal. You've loved We Summon a Demon, We Est a D, as the song goes. You're going to love this. Bad guy number two, Chris has historically been the heavyweight champion of independent gore, and uh, you guys are going to love Guts. And if you sell fake blood, this is the guy you want on your customer list. (laughs) (laughs) Following that, from the director of another Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Viewer Choice Award winner, Lunch Ladies... This is J.M. Logan with his latest effort, The Relic, from the United States and J.M. Film Corp. Then we got some dead meat from Canada and the Vancouver Film School, directed by Adnan Pierre Mohammed. And finally, we close the proceedings with a short from Anthony Cousins, who is the director of the Bone Bat Jumbo Bonus Jury Award for The Ballad of Squirt Reynolds, Shock Treatment Productions, Every Time We Meet for Ice Cream, Your Whole Fucking Face Explodes. Such a great film. So great. It'll be a great night. All but that's that. not all, Gord. What? We have There's features. more? <laughs> Our first feature from the makers of a feature we gave a Pacific Northwest premiere to, The Night Watchman. This is the coincidentally titled A Comedy of Horrors, Volume 1, from Non-Nomen Films, directed by Matt Servito, Dan DeLuca, Jamie Nash, Ken Arnold, Nick Tucker, and Taylor Hamilton. This is a anthology of comedy horror shorts, and I think you folks are gonna love it. And we will close with the feature-length film from the United States of America, Raven Banner, and directed by Pierce M. Berelsheimer. It's Crabs! With an exclamation point at the end. Fantastic. And that's not all. We've also got the Pine Box Boys from San Francisco coming in for live music. Because of course we do. We're just that giving to our audience. So May 7th, come and see these 38 shorts from around the world. These two features and live music from the Pine Box Boys, plus prize giveaway, amazing prizes from Fantagraphic Books, Dark Horse Comics. We've got chocolate ca- from Dolcetta Artisan Sweets. We have so much great stuff to give you. Books from Paizo Entertainment. Videos from Scarecrow Video, coffee from True Cult Coffee, t-shirts from Mac and Jack's Brewery, perhaps some multimedia offerings from Vortex Video, an additional prize support from Stalker Farms, Zippy's Giant Burgers, and Zosser Pizza. 
stickers from me. And so smart much good games stuff. from around the table. So many prizes from our stupendously generous sponsors. So thank you all for joining us once again for the festival. You know, I understand GT Printing Equipment is a sponsor this year, and they're not giving us shit. They have given us financial support since year one that has helped make this festival happen. I, I mean, they were going to give us a printing press. But I would not be remiss in saying they've pretty much paid for our printing every single year of this <laughs> I guess we could say that. And, of course, Jerry, Jerry Cooch. So join us May 7th at Sif Cinema Uptown. Tickets available now at bonebat.com. How about another tune, man? Jerry? 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 I was no, beatboxing. This, this, tune, <laughs> this tune is instead from 2017's Diabolical from the Destroyers. Tom Head rides again. Enjoy. This is Lucas. This is Dre. This is Todd. We are the Destroyers, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. Oh yeah. <laughs>
right, once again, that was Tom Head Rides Again by the Del Stroyers from 2017's Diabolical. And because I couldn't resist, I followed that up with a tune from the 2019 EP Resurrected, The Bogeyman. Ooh. Yeah, so dude, you got any multimedia triage this week? It's been a while. It certainly has. I'm thinking that we've probably seen some things, listened to some things, enjoyed some things. Yeah, indeed. Uh, first of all, I haven't seen a lot because I've been playing a lot of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yeah? How is it? Yeah, it's fun. If you like Borderlands, you're going to like this. It's I, If I had one complaint, it's that it's too easy. I'm playing it on the hardest difficulty, and I'm still just ripping ass all over the place, which may, it's not that I've got any better. I just think they need to turn up the difficulty a notch. But it's super fun. They made a whole game out of that one little piece of DLC where they're playing the the equivalent of Dungeons and Dragons, Bunkers and Badasses. And so it's silly, it's violent, there's gajillions and gajillions of guns, but also you're casting spells. You've got various mythological companions to keep you company and help murder everyone you meet. Uh, it's just great. I'm having a good time playing. After this weekend, I can actually finally get this game so maybe i'd love Saturday. to play with you yeah. i mean your level one character can yeah, pile up with my like level 40 usually. character and that's pretty usual well you <laughs> maybe, can start over with a new character maybe yeah maybe maybe <laughs> uh and i saw a movie which you may have seen it's a 2019 movie from china called detention no and this, never heard of it this one snuck up on me my friend suggested we see it so i'm like like yeah all right sure i'll watch some horror movie with you really interesting film it's a it's a psychological horror film set in taiwan during the period of time where they're under martial law uh they were while we had the red scare here in the united states of america god forbid you end up on the on the wrong list it was like a bazillion jillion times worse in Taiwan, if someone thought that you were a communist sympathizer, because if you don't know why, go read a history book. I'm sure you'll catch up. But the the whole movie is as creepy and as as uh, tense as it was. It's one of those movies, kind of like Jacob's Ladder, where you think you're watching a you know a horror movie, and then what you're really watching is this other thing that's being revealed to you. So on one level, it was it was really cool to watch. But on another level, I realized what I was watching is a literally a modern piece of Chinese government propaganda, because the whole thing in this film, the 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 whole idea behind it is remember how terrible Taiwan was when all these people just wanted to be free and have communist ideas oh wow yeah it's a it's and man it hit every trope of movies we've seen in the past where there's a group of students they're in this really really restrictive environment the government's just tromping down on everyone and all they want to do is is read some books and think about freedom but in this case it's the communist Chinese, you know, mainland Chinese freedom, I'm throwing quotes around it, that they're yearning for. So watching it was both 
was disturbing on a couple levels because I, I didn't know that's what I was signing up for. And, and after I watched it, my friend and I had a really long conversation about like, wow, that's that's a, <laughs> that's a thing that was put out there in the world. So I don't know. I, I can't say go rent it. But then again, detention is certainly worth a look with, with your own eyeballs. Now, I should say that this is a movie that's based on a horror video game from Red Candle Games, something I'd, I'd never heard of. And I should also say that if you were in Taiwan during this period of time, it probably sucked because you were under some pretty ugly martial law, regardless of what flag they were flying. Interesting time, interesting perspective, and I would encourage you to look at it through the eyes of someone who's uh, picked up a history book. Interesting. So the, the game is also probably doubling down on that concept, too, then, that that freedom is bad. Or freedom comes from maybe a different place than what you and I think freedom it comes from. Freedom is not all what it's cracked up to be. Yeah, well, I, they were yearning for these ideas, poems, and books that came from mainland China and the communists. That, that was the good light that they were leaning towards and being stamped down on because they were leaning in that direction. Wow. That's yeah, that's pretty heavy, dude. <laughs> it was seriously heavy, uh, especially not being ready for it. At least when you watch it, you'll be like a little prepared. Uh, another period piece, if you want to call it that, a little slice out of 1970s. I saw the movie X, directed by Ty West. Yes, starring Mia Goth. I freaking loved it. This was a this was a cool movie. It paid so much attention to detail, getting the the period of time just right it was I, I didn't think it was formulaic it was a slasher movie but it also had a whole other story and and subtext and and made you think about things I, I really really enjoyed watching X so I would say check it out it's it's getting some kind of shit press because people are saying oh it's they're they're putting porn in the theaters no the setting is these young upstarts go out to shoot a porn movie because they're going to be stars. This is a period of time when all of a sudden pornography was being shown in cinemas. Uh, the time that you and I grew up, I remember going to the movie theater in town and seeing the poster for whatever weird adult thing is on next week after I, I watched Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> I remember going to town and watching Deep Throat. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you uh, going with this, Gord? Yeah, that did oh, sound pretty okay. skeevy, oh, didn't it? You remember seeing yeah. the poster. Whew. Yeah, poster, poster. <laughs> so think about that. I mean, our folks are like walking us to the theater. We're going to go watch the latest Disney movie. We're going to watch, you know, just Swiss Family Robinson <laughs> or Black Beauty or something. And like, what's that? I remember going, hey, Dad, Alice in Wonderland. Is, there's this poster. He's like, no, that's that's for grown-ups, kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Behind the Green Door is not a Disney movie? It's it's a song by the Cramps. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I know they covered the song. But um, so that's the backdrop. No, if you if you're gonna watch this movie because you think you're gonna watch a porn, you're gonna be very disappointed. Uh, if you wanna watch a cool slasher movie, you should watch this film. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, Ty West is a great filmmaker. I really enjoyed uh, The Innkeepers and uh, House of okay. the Devil very much has that old school satanic uh, panic sort of a vibe to it from the 70s. So he definitely reaches back to that. But uh, he makes good films, even if they are sometimes a little bit slow. Did you find that to be the case here? I didn't find it to be slow. I thought it was a, a cool character study in the beginning and then the action picked up. I guess, I guess it wasn't, you know, right off the bat. Right off the bat, it grabbed it, my interest because of the acting. Um, but there wasn't like a crazy amount of action in it from go. It did, uh, it did take a while to build up to that. The other cool thing about this movie, and I wish I would have known this going in, Mia Goth uh, stars in it. But she's also playing the old lady. She's playing uh, two characters, two characters yeah, right. in this. That's, that's what so, I read as well. I, I didn't know that till I was getting my podcast notes together. Interesting. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool that you didn't know from watching that the makeup or whatever is that good. Awesome. Well, you, yeah. know, you know what isn't slow, Gord, is the what, film Steve? that I saw yesterday. See, now that I'm caught up on all my shorts and fe- we literally watched every single film that was submitted to the film festival we can watch stuff for fun again and uh my wife and i yesterday went and saw everything everywhere all at once ah oh, that's I so much envy to tell you shit about this movie i went Good. into it totally blind and benefited from that immensely so don't read anything about it don't see anything about it don't i'm not even listening to you it. right now just go see the movie it's crazy that's all i'm gonna say okay then next up uh we've been watching uh, all of us are dead the new korean zombie series on netflix that's super cool uh and <clears throat> netflix just released a movie called metal lords which is so much fun it's the story of this dysfunctional kid who is trying to get a metal band together with his friend. His friend is a drummer in the marching band. He's not really all that interested in metal at all, but he wants to hang out with his friend. And the friend is so obsessed with this because he, they go to a party and this other high school band plays at it and they're terrible. And he is so incensed by this that he wants to get his band together so he can beat them in the battle of the bands. <laughs> and it is super fun. The music is great. And it just, it knows metal super well. It was actually written and directed by D.B. Weiss from uh, Game of Thrones. And right on. You can tell this guy's a metalhead because all the little touches are exactly right. And there is like a scene where, sort of like a training scene, where the kid is learning how to play drums by listening to War Pigs. It's just fucking cool. <laughs> I had a smile on my face like the whole 90 minutes. So check it out. Metal Lords. It's loads of fun. Right um, on. I will I will watch that. Finally, did you see the Batman? I still haven't seen the Batman. No. Okay, let's talk about that next time. I liked okay. it. Didn't love it. I'd be interested in your thoughts on it. Uh, and then uh, finally, I saw Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats live. I went to a another concert, and uh, man, they are a cool fucking band to see. They're kind of this sort of stoner metal sounding band. The singer's got sort of a high-pitched nasal sort of a singing voice, and they're playing this really fuzzy metal with all like serial killer lyrics. 
while crazy old clips from horror movies and swirling oil shit is playing behind them. <laughs> it's totally fucking cool hang for an hour to see that band. So uh, if, you, if you're if you into metal at all, check out Uncle Ass and the Deadbeats. They're, they're super cool. Really like that band. Right on. And uh, that's all I've got, man. That's it. That is the extent of our multimedia triage. That and the 48,000 films we watched for the film festival. I think we did a good job. All right. Well, uh, why don't we listen to one last tune and get out of here then? Okay. What are we going to listen to, man? This is, uh, why don't we get our tiki vibe on, Gord? Uh, This is from Diabolical 2017, The Curse of Cobra Island. Once again, that was Curse of Cobra Island by the Destroyers from 2017's Diabolical. Once again, thank you so much to Lucas, Dre, and Todd from the Destroyers for joining us on the show. Again, you can find their stuff at thedelstroyers.bandcamp.com. Once again, if you order 10,000 Ways to Die now, 
You can download ZomZom now, and they will send you the CD when it comes out, so you will be all set. And just pick up Diabolical. I'm, I'm telling you, there was like a half dozen more songs in their catalog that I would have loved to feature tonight. But you know what? Buy it. Just, you'll love it. It's good stuff. Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or reach us via email at steve at bonehand.com. Bonehand.com is also the home of the Heavy Half Hour podcast. And uh, I've been posting a lot of metal videos on the Heavy Half Hour Facebook page, Gord. So uh, you might want to check that out as well. Nice. And you can find my stuff at mightywombat.com. I'm over there on Instagram if I can make my phone work. And you can find me on Facebook as well. Check out Gord's latest tune. It made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, because you thought there was an extra penis in it. That's not why I laughed anyway. Okay. (laughs) Extra penis. I like how that's where your cartoons go now. (laughs) Well, I mean, you wouldn't laugh just because there was a penis. But an extra penis, that would be funny. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there. We also have a Bonebat Twitter feed and a Facebook group, which is where you can find information about the film festival, sweet deals, new albums from bands we've featured on the show, shorts that didn't make it into the film fest, but we liked anyway, all kinds of crazy stuff via those two spots. So don't miss that opportunity. Thank you once again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Gord, I've got one more song this week from the Dell Destroyers. What is it, Steve? This one I keep singing in my head. Like Best place for day, you to sing it. I'm not listening to Dell Destroyers, and all of a sudden I have this tune in my head. This song is called Karate Surf by the Dell Destroyers, again from Diabolical. Pick it up. 2017, I hope you enjoy the song. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
you hear about the man with five penises? His pants fit like a glove. Nice one, Dad. <laughs>